0: I dine at normal places when I dine out. Alinea and French laundry within the span of like two weeks, that's a rarity. That's never happened.
1: Oh, it's over. It's over, you have to be willing to rewash a movie. Oh, hell yeah. Play, play, play. Ploppery, banana. he's, he's going like, to aggregate this. Lillard,
0: long-range three. The that defense is atrocious. I'm sort of the rock star. Right on the cowboy. People. People. Tiso, Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. No, we love China. We love no playing there. Oh, man, man I'm sorry. sorry. It just hits me right, right now. Down. Shut up and listen. You, you think you're better than me? Bye. Alright, he was uh he was up all night gleefully reading and highlighting the league's 139-page health and safety protocols memo. Vencra NBA training camps are open. The 2021 season is upon us. Seems like uh, rosters have Settled. They're relatively locked in. How you doing, my friend? Give us a uh, status update on the battery life of your BlackBerry. How's it going over there?
1: Yeah, my my BlackBerry is uh, is completely drained of battery life. All six of them, actually. Um, oh boy. I I had them plugged in, and I and I guess I blew a circuit uh, in my house um, because I had daisy chained them, you know, with a power strip, <laughs> and then yeah. at one point they were plugged into my Christmas tree, and that wasn't good. Uh, so I, uh, I don't have power in my house right now. Um, not sure when I'm going to get it back. Uh, and my blackberries, uh, five of the six are completely drained and the last of the six is on, uh, 11% <laughs> currently. Wow. So things are, yeah, they're a little bit dire over yeah. here. I'm not going to lie. Um, all right. Well, you're I've, on uh, thin ice. Yeah. 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 I've, I've seen better days um but i'm going to forge ahead and i'm going to keep uh, i'm going to use that final 11% of battery life to um to check in on the twitter feed of uh shams and woge and of course you know make sure i don't miss any of these uh any of these big deals uh, you have that, to that you, go have down.
0: you have to keep tabs on uh, all of your league sources Ben, all the uh, agents and league executives that you've worked tirelessly networking with over the many you know years that you've been involved with the league so yeah use that last 11% on your phone wisely Ben uh, reminder real quick at the top of the show here uh, the holiday season is upon us uh, your review with corporate Ben is right around the corner oh, uh, God. All, all the Don't HR remind me, Chris. yep all the HR higher-ups at uh, the Ocl Inc are gonna be calling you into the to the big conference room Ben the boardroom for your end of year review so we are asking all our swish fm listeners if you like the show uh please 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 uh leave a good word uh with management via the review section in apple podcasts leave ben a nice little message a five-star review it goes a long way and uh thank you and happy holidays
1: yeah let's uh let's let's hope they're happy holidays um (laughs) It yeah. Without those without some some more reviews coming in, uh, they very well um, could not be uh, happy for yeah. for yours truly. So yeah, we'd um, hate
0: we'd hate for you to get some coal in your stocking,
1: Ben yeah uh let's just say that uh, o t l Inc might be delivering uh something a little bit worse than coal <laughs> oh
0: Jesus awesome Ben, we're gonna be uh we're ramping up our instagram account so give us a follow if you don't already. We are on instagram at swish f m radio. we'll give you a follow back shoot us a dm if you uh if you like the show if you listen to us it's always awesome to connect with you guys and hear what you're thinking and That's right
1: uh, yeah. And we'll, give, well, yeah, we'll give you an an automatic follow, no questions asked. <laughs> no, no questions um, asked. We are we're, basically an Instagram bot at this point. Yes. Um, so we're happy to, yeah, do anything you need us to do um, in exchange for a follow.
0: Ben, let's hop into it here. Uh, like, I, like I mentioned, Ben, NBA training camps opened yesterday, uh, December 1st. And we got a lot to discuss about the league on and off the court. But first, man, I just want to know, like... Just your general thoughts and feelings about the new season here, uh, stream of consciousness, anything and everything that comes to your head, your heart, whatever it is, it's all fair game. Just uh, what, what are the top of line thoughts and feelings that you have going on when you think about this upcoming NBA season?
1: Um, that's a really good question, Chris. Uh, it is a little, little messy. Uh, yeah. Little conf- conflicted. Well, walk us through I, the mess. Yeah,
0: I'm. I'm curious.
1: Like, wh- so, yeah. So, uh, some of our listeners may have sort of sur- surmised that um, we weren't glued to our TVs for Bubble Basketball. Um, mm. If I'm not mistaken, we did. Uh, let me check my notes here. Zero episodes um, <laughs> about uh, the current NBA when it was actually you know, at when it resumed, uh, active play, uh, in yeah. whenever that was, uh, August, was that when it started up? I think so. Uh, July, I don't know. Um, didn't really tune in much for that. I mean, you know, I, I think we like sort of touched briefly on like how we felt. We definitely did episodes about how we felt about the bubble before it resumed. Um, which, uh, if you didn't hear any of those, I'll just sum those up. Uh, not good, not good at all, uh, about the bubble. <laughs> um, and I wanted to like kind of make sure that my feelings about the bubble were like sort of uh like confirmed I guess um, so I tuned in uh now and then for uh for some bubble basketball didn't really care for it much um you know the the exhibition or whatever like the what did they call the before the playoffs the um the like play playing games whatever yeah, yeah. yeah the tournament. Uh, was like pretty dull Um, and then I was like okay well maybe it'll be better when the playoffs begin so then I watched some playoff games and I was like "Eh, all right right and I don't know if it was just the you know the sort of weirdness and sadness of like the visual product itself Um, I think that like sort of the more I watched it that the more I like didn't really mind. Like I think the NBA actually did an incredibly good job at like producing uh, a product that like looked and sounded, you know, as close to real basketball. Um, Well, to be be
0: clear. And I think this is like a point that you and I are going to continue to make throughout the episode. Like the NBA employs very talented people. So like, they're good at what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Like they all are like the creative people, uh, the athletes they're all like very they're like the best of the best so it's like yeah. they have the best creative directors they have the best program directors like they yeah. they took basketball games in a isolated bubble and made them like visually compelling f- as a tv product and it yeah. that is like a testament to really 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 talented cinematographers directors um, mm-hmm. Producers, uh, announcers, yeah, fucking
1: set decorators, yeah, yeah, all those people uh, are so wardrobe. Talented. <laughs> yeah, the music so was, was all like good, and graphics. that is
0: that is part of the reason why we love watching the game. You know, yeah. pre uh, like pre COVID, what we you know like we. We love when Mike Breen makes an amazing call. We love, you know, like the the way uh, an NBA game is filmed and presented on TV. We love all the music, you know, like the round mm-hmm. ball rock, all that stuff. Like the NBA has the best people. So it, it's not a yeah. shock. It, w- it was not a shock that like even in this very shitty situation, they still made it look incredibly interesting and like fun, fun to look at.
1: Yeah. And of course, we should probably mention, uh, along with the best, you know, producers, directors, editors, the cast is um, incredible. Is very good. Yeah, it turns out they have the best cast uh, of basketball players uh, that is uh, that, you know, exists. Um, So like on a certain level, you could still watch it and be like, okay, this is entertaining. This is basketball. These are the same players. Um, I thought it was like kind of mind blowing how like. Whatever, five or seven percent of the players uh, in the league got COVID, and then they were basically all fine. Like they all came back and and played, and you know, like w- Russell Westbrook maybe like was eighty percent of his usual self, but like you know, Jokic was fine, and yeah, uh, th- you know, most of the big names that that had it seemed to recover um, quickly, and and you know, like that wasn't really like a storyline. Um, and of course, the NBA didn't have a single case in the bubble, which is so incredible that I, I'm not totally sure I believe it. I think maybe I definitely they don't lied. It. Yeah, yeah I, I'm I pretty sure they lied about that.
0: <laughs> no one got COVID that we know of. <laughs> like, well, yes, there, no one got COVID there, that yeah, was like there were reported. zero reported
1: cases. Yeah,
0: and yeah. also I think there's a distinction between like there were no players that got COVID versus like there were definitely people in the bubble that got COVID. It's just, and they may have even worked for the NBA. It's just, they weren't yeah. important enough for us to know about, which right. is right. a very big, important distinction. Um, sure. but like a significant one, you know?
1: Right. Right. Um, good point. So, so yeah, the bottom line is even by the time the NBA finals rolled around, uh, Lakers and heat, I was just kind of like, ah, I don't know, whatever. Uh, You know, to be honest with you, I almost kind of enjoyed my, you know, newfound free time and uh, sort of freed up brain space um, to sort of pursue other interests, to pursue zero interests and just sleep or hang out with my family. Um, And it was like actually kind of pleasant to just like not really give a shit about basketball for a while. Um, And it sort of made me feel better, too, that like, you know, I wasn't like... If it turned out that deep down I was just like, oh my god, I love basketball, I need to watch it, um, I wouldn't pretend to not like it as like some sort of a political statement. Um, I, you know, I'm always honest with you and with our listeners and with myself that like, if I love something, even if I know it's kind of wrong and bad, I'm going to just love it and sort of, you know, live with that um That sort of, you know, moral, uh, bipolarity or whatever. Um, Yeah, I think
0: that's something like people negotiate through their personal lives, like literally every day with like small and big choices. You know what I mean? There are people who smoke cigarettes who are just like, I know this is not good for me, but I enjoy it. And, uh, it's just something that I do that I know is bad for me, but, uh the, you know, the the pleasure outweighs the, the pain. And that's just yeah. a choice I'm going to make.
1: Yeah, whether you're shopping on Amazon or yes. listening to Michael Jackson or watching a Woody Allen movie, like there's a million fucking things that we all do uh, that we shouldn't do yes. um, th- because it's bad and wrong. Right. And we all know that. Um, so the NBA sort of was one of those things, um, but it wasn't pulling me enough um, to, so that I was like, you know, just completely ignoring all those bad feelings. Like, the bad feelings were outweighing the positive feelings of watching the game for me yeah. um, during the, during that bubble era. Um, and, yeah, I should sort of uh, reiterate that, like, beyond just, like, the, the weirdness of the visual product, like, the fact that it was happening at all is was, like, the main thing that I know that you and I objected to. Um, and it doesn't matter if there were zero reported cases. Like, it was still a bad thing to do and a bad idea... And it was unsafe and a bad use of resources. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, was just done to enrich people who don't need the money. Um, but uh, whatever, it was fine. It was an experiment that I guess we all needed to try for America's sake. Um, and by everyone's accounts other than our own, it was a big success. Um, so good for the NBA, I guess. I'm glad that no players died. Um Uh, And that um, I guess that the sport still exists is is good. Um, So that kind of gets us to today. Um, I mean, I should I guess turn the mic back to you, Chris, since I've been rambling for a while, and ask you sort of. I mean, I think you sort of share my general Mm -hmm. sentiments, but like, yeah, what like how are you how are you feeling about yeah I guess the or how how were you feeling about the bubble, and then how are you feeling about basketball being back today?
0: Well. For starters, with the bubble, like I, I, I think you kind of hit everything for me, and you know, sometimes it's just as simple f- for me, and like uh, I don't know, I don't know how you like quantify this sort of thing, but sometimes something just feels tacky, and yeah. like that's really what the bubble felt like to me. Like honestly, all political. uh <laughs> like soapboxy stuff aside, it just kind of felt like tacky where it was like, you know what? People are dying constantly. (laughs) We are in the middle of a big, big fucking problem with no end in sight. It just doesn't feel like we should be um, focusing on entertainment products right now, regardless Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. whether or not we can do it. Um, It just feels like tacky. And so, yeah, and that's also I, not to mention I,
1: all the like. Sorry to interrupt, but mm-hmm. but we should also remind everyone of like. Remember um, when uh, George Floyd was murdered, and there were like uh, historic yeah. protests, uh, literally every day in the streets of America. Yeah, and then I guess they just kind of stopped, and everyone just kind of went about their lives. Yeah, after that, that? That's, I mean, <laughs>
0: that's kind of what I mean by the tacky thing. It just felt like there were more important things happening in the country than uh, us like worrying about like can we see the Magic and the Hornets play each other on a Thursday night? Um, And I I, I say that genuinely as someone that like literally worships basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I guess that will be where I pick up on how I feel like today right now about the resumption of the 2021 NBA season, which is like, it's weird, man, because I love basketball. Like by my own admission, as you know, I think as you have uh, outlined on this uh, podcast before, Ben. I am something of like a psychotically delusional, optimistic uh, person (laughs) and basketball fan. And uh, even though I fully hope and expect the Knicks to be back in the lottery next year, I legit cannot wait to see what this new team looks like. I am pumped, I am so pumped to see how RJ Barrett looks. I am so curious if Mitchell Robinson has added anything new to his game. Does he have a three-point shot? I am fascinated about Obi Toppin. Can he crack mm-hmm. Can he crack the starting lineup? I'm curious if the team is gonna move off Julius Randle, try to trade him, whether Frank Nilekina can supplant Alfred Payton in the starting lineup. I am a yeah. day one true believer. I am a famished and starved psycho super fan for the team I love it's my number one drug the New York Knicks
1: yeah speaking of famished Chris I was gonna ask you is it true that you um as recently as last night were uh watching past Knicks games from not like their glory days of like the 1990s (laughs) but from last season Oh, were it's were you just watching it's full true. Knicks games from the 2019-2020 season? It's true, man.
0: Like I legit <laughs> care about this team. And it, it's it's psychotic. There is like no in there is really no explanation for why someone would do that. And that yeah. I like I could tell you, I was watching the game last night because I knew it was one of RJ Barrett's best games, and it was and it was the last game of the Knicks season. And he played fantastically. The game before this, uh, Frank Nilakina had 20 points and 10 assists. It's kind of a game wow. that everyone forgets. People forget that Frank was really coming on strong at the end of the year. So, like, as yeah, I start I had to forgotten that. yeah, exactly. As I start to think about this upcoming season, I'm trying to like pick up where we left off, and mm-hmm. I, I really care about the team. And like I said, the the Knicks really are truly my number one drug. Mm-hmm. And yet. I know this is a bad thing. Like I know that bringing the NBA back to play another season, this time without a bubble and traveling arena to arena, having players go home to their family and friends after each game. I know this whole thing is a terrible idea, playing these games. And we are in the midst of a global health crisis. We can't contain it along with most of the modern world, by the way, and we've done a pretty terrible job at trying to mitigate COVID-19. And, you know, here's the thing, man. I know it's not just the two of us that think this, you know, Mm. that think that this is a bad idea, because I know Adam Silver thinks it's a terrible idea, too. You know, well, now, why
1: do you say that? Uh, well, why, I mentioned... That, there's I no mentioned, way, because he's the commissioner. Why <laughs> yeah. would he... It's, yeah. Why would I say he, that?
0: Well, he, I mentioned the health and safety protocols memo that the league mm-hmm. sent out to teams. And mm-hmm. Ben, on page 118 of the health and safety protocols, they make it pretty clear that this experience is not going to be as smooth as the Orlando bubble. So, quote, oh, no, fro- really? from the health and safety protocols memo, it says... It is likely that some staff, players, and other participants other participants of the 2020-2021 season nonetheless will test positive or contract COVID-19, particularly as the virus remains prevalent in particular team markets and surrounding communities. The occurrence Ooh. of independent cases, of, of cases not spread among players or team staff, of small or otherwise expected numbers of COVID-19 cases will not require a decision to suspend or cancel the 21 season. Hmm. And, like, that, to me, is Adam Silver's admission in plain you know, sight that this is not a good idea. He's basically saying, listen, people are going to start contracting COVID-19 in the NBA, and that doesn't mm-hmm. mean we are going to cancel the season. Right. And... You know, I don't know. I can feel myself rambling at this point, but like you mentioned it before and I started thinking about it the other day, something you said a couple months back and you just mentioned it before. You know, it was like, it still really rings true to me. You said, you know, just because the bubble works doesn't make it a good idea. Mm -hmm. And I've thought about it a lot and how it might apply to like this situation now. And it's kind of like, you know, if you ever if you ever have too much to drink and then you decide to drive home and you get home safely, that doesn't make drunk driving a safe activity. That just means one time you got very lucky.
1: Well, unless you do it enough to like be really good at it and then it's fine. (laughs) Yes, totally. But
0: I think one of the dangers actually of the bubble has kind of been like normalizing sports on TV during the pandemic. Yeah.
1: Yep. And and
0: and this is something we are both culpable in, right? And and even just having a NBA podcast, we are part of that problem. Mm -hmm. And I can't help but feeling like part of the reason the NBA is coming back for another season is the league office knows that like one we are greedy and very desperate for um, entertainment. And two, Mm -hmm. you know, the players and the owners want to get paid and make money. And so there is this like very vicious cycle of greed that is lulling us to sleep, quite frankly, and it's a huge problem. And we would rather sort of hypnotically just like sleep through this pandemic, kind of sleepwalk through the pandemic versus actually staying awake and looking the moment squarely in the eye and like actually trying to fix some of the problems that are sort of underlying like what has been breaking us, but Hey, you know, if the NBA is on tonight, you know, like we're going to be tuning in. So
1: yeah. 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 It feels like one of the kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to get too dark with this episode, which is obviously going to be one of our darker episodes. But one of the things that I like that, that like, the sort of, like, notions that I'm struck by, like, over and over again every now and then um, in, like, certain dark moments of my day is the fact that, like, you know, really improving society um, uh, and and really, like, addressing, you know, the worst aspects of of American life, whether that is, you know, people without health care or police brutality or whatever predatory home lending or yeah you know college debt or uh, all of the like things that just make like most average people's lives like either like lucky enough not to suffer or just miserable um really addressing those things is just too difficult (laughs) and not really probably gonna happen anytime soon um oh i forgot to mention climate change um right as a uh, as an issue um (laughs) Uh, you know, like the fact is that like, like, you know, creating a, a, a political movement to, uh, overcome, uh, the, um, you know, the, the forces in power currently, um, is just not really probably going to happen. Um, so in lieu of that, at least we can comfort ourselves with entertainment to take our mind off of um of the bad things um if we can't fix the bad things we can give ourselves drugs to soothe the pain yes um and uh really that is what the nba is um it is not a chemical substance uh like heroin or alcohol um but it is no less of an opiate um than those things um and i sort of feel like uh, so the idea for this podcast happened when we were uh, drunkenly texting the other night. Or at least I was drunk. I don't know how you were, um, but I, um,
0: I, I was drunk off a book that I was reading. Uh, so oh, I, there you go. I, I was drunk of a kind. Yeah, kind of.
1: Yeah. yeah, Well, why don't you explain the book real quick? Because that's sort of what gave us like the the seed of this of this idea.
0: I mean, it's it's a really long explanation, but basically, uh, I'm I'm reading this. Watergate memoir and uh, and it's you know it's it's written by uh, President Nixon's chief uh, legal counsel and basically one of the biggest thorns in Richard Nixon's side was a certain politician named Lawrence
1: O'Brien who wait a act- minute wait a minute Lawrence Lawrence La- O'Brien Lawrence O'Brien. Uh, you say he's a- politician. Yeah, Lawrence he actually why is, that, ran, why is that a uh, why he, is that a familiar name to me?
0: Oh, it's probably a familiar name, Ben, because he was actually the head of the Democratic National Committee.
1: Oh, that there's that no Lawrence other. O'Brien.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's no other reason why you would name know the name Lawrence. Yes. Yeah. So sure. Lawrence O'Brien ran the DNC and famously the committee to reelect President Nixon, his re-election committee uh, broke into the Watergate Hotel and they bugged the, the DNC. And of I've course, of that, yeah. Nixon was ensnared in this criminal investigation and eventually resigned from uh, the White House. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I was like, Lawrence O'Brien, Lawrence O'Brien. And then they started calling him Larry. I was like, Larry, Larry <laughs> O'Brien. Oh, no way. That's really interesting. The head of the DNC who Richard Nixon broke into his office. Richard yeah, yeah, Nixon. Yeah, yeah, wait, wait, You
1: should yeah, Richard that Nixon. he was just the head of the DNC it was his office in the Watergate complex that was specifically broken into during what? Watergate.
0: <laughs> Dude, Richard Nixon broke into Larry O'Brien's
1: office. L.O.B. At,
0: at the Watergate the Hotel.
1: had an office in Watergate, like, and that was the one that was broken into. <laughs>
0: so I was like, I wonder if this is, uh, I wonder if this guy is at all related to our Larry O.B. Of course, you know, it's a common, common enough name. Sure it's enough, a name. did a little, did a little research and yes, it turns out commissioner Larry O'Brien who the NBA championship uh, trophy is named after is the same Larry O'Brien who Richard Nixon, uh, you know, authorized a break in into, into his office. Right. So, so anyways, we were having a uh, a spirited conversation about Larry O'Brien and just some of the politics of, you know basically how american politics have bizarrely sort of um found their way into the sport that we love whether we mm. ever understood that or not i i mean actually we did not understand we had actually no prior knowledge that this like institutional guy that was a uh, very much a fixture in the democratic party since like the kennedy years was <laughs> Like, the backbone of the NBA. And, yeah, you know, like, that matters. You know, like, the, the those things, there's a lot of crossover there. And those things sort of, like, the values of those institutions sort of, like, trickle down and seep into the way a company and an organization works. So, right. w- without getting too deep in, into the weeds on Larry O'Brien, we were having this very spirited conversation. And um, we were... Uh we we were talking about opiates and we were saying like how the MBA basically uh, you know is our opiate. It, it it is our comforting distraction. And we just need to sort of be honest about that, that we are effectively MBA drug addicts mm-hmm. and um it's healthy and important to be able to say like Hello, my name is Ben Craw. Hello, my name is Chris Mendelkin. I am an MBA addict. I have a problem, and I'm and I'm here to sort of take uh, take responsibility for that. And right. so that is uh, maybe in a small way what some of this podcast today is about is is just sort of owning up to the fact that we are, uh, you know, in a vicious cycle of consumption where the NBA supplies us a product and we lap it up and we sort of ignore the bigger systemic problems in our lives that are causing us pain and suffering. And instead of actually doing anything about it, we just watch the jazz and the thunder play on like a Wednesday night.
1: Right, right. Um, I mean, I feel like to be fair, I should probably make the point that like, Basketball in the NBA is not as, you know, life destroying an no. opiate as, say, actual heroin. Opiates um,
0: itself. Yeah. Opiates. No, um, no, 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 no.
1: There, you know, there are um, positives uh, that we must acknowledge beyond just being something that we can, that our eyes can glaze over at as we sit on our couch and drool ourselves to sleep um, every night. Um, You know, the fact is that the sport provides, um, you know, a a great and rewarding activity to so many uh, people of all ages across the world. Um, It is. Yeah. uh, I mean, it's it's on
0: so many levels. It's incredible. It's a a wonderful social kind of lubricant. I mean, like it it is literally the backbone, the thread of so many of our conversations in our lives, like among friends it's uh, it's a sport that, like, I think we've both been playing since we were kids. Like, physical fitness yeah. is, like, a big part of my physical life. Physical
1: fitness is great. Teamwork is great. These are all, all positive it. things. Yeah. Like, getting kids off the street and into, like, rec leagues is great. Having, like, um, a, a
0: role model, like, someone that you can aspire to be, like, all that stuff is super, super important. So, basketball, sure. in my life, has been a incredible net positive i don't want to make it in any way sound like basketball has been like a net negative yes Uh, and i and i want to really really stress that like i love basketball (laughs) if that isn't clear i love the players i love 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 the players i could watch the players bounce the round orange ball nonstop, and I would just the be dribbles, so the dribbles, the
1: assists.
0: I would be so happy, man, and yeah. and like I was doing this last night, <laughs> watching R.J. Barrett and 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 Frank Nelikina. Like like I am so invested in their development and growth and my team. <laughs> so, it just is important, I think, to you know, understand that there are two sides of the coin that, like, we can sort of completely love something and also acknowledge that, like, this is really not a good idea right now. Like, the thing that we love so much, they're making a really bad choice by, like, (laughs) resuming the season in the middle of this insane pandemic that's totally out of control. And it does not seem wise, but it also seems, like, completely worthless um for us to complain about it because it's gonna happen either way so i just feel like it's important for us to go on record and say like i wish they weren't gonna do this but on the other hand like i'm super i'm also super glad that i'm gonna have some stupid thing to watch that i love so much even though that like you know people keep getting sick
1: yeah yeah and i think that kind of circles back to your original question for how I feel about basketball, which is that I can feel inside myself a change happening, which is that while I was able to like very like genuinely and like sincerely sort of like, and, and, and happily kind of divorce myself from the sport for a few months there during the bubble. Um, I feel myself pulled back now. Oh yeah. Um, and maybe because it is a new season and there are, new players on new teams and there are there's a new rookie class and i think this should be noted one thing that we weren't doing during the bubble was playing fantasy basketball yep which now we are participating in again um and no matter what as much as i love basketball there's really nothing that gets me actually watching games games that i would otherwise no way would i be watching on like a fucking tuesday like staying up until midnight to watch some like sacramento kings game uh Nothing does that to me uh like fantasy basketball so which is what again
0: it 's a personal competition it 's like fantasy basketball when you just see it clearly for what it is mm. is just a interpersonal friend competition where you try to have better stats and numbers than your friends right and right. that to me is a amazing. Incredible, so important, and B, <laughs> a literal manifestation of like personal greed, like where it's like,
1: oh, it's I, a, it's a harder, want... <laughs> more destructive uh, drug inside the drug of basketball.
0: I want these basketball players to play basketball during a raging pandemic so I yes. can accumulate points, rebounds, assists, blocks. Field goal percentage. So on my computer, I can make fun of my friends for beating them. So it is like a complete, like, absurdist world play that we're living in. And I just Mm. think, like, we have to own it and call it for what it is, which is like something we love, something Mm -hmm. we are really, you know, completely culpable and involved with. And like, we are feeding the beast. But we can also just acknowledge, like, This should not be happening, but Mm -hmm. it is. Um, You know, it's funny, man. I was listening to Amin, uh, that guy, Amin Mm El-Hassan. He was on one of the uh, NBA podcasts on The Athletic. I forget which one, uh, recently. And they were talking about, like, you know, the winners and losers, (laughs) like the podcast that we did, like the winners and losers of uh, the off-season in the NBA.
1: And I assume not as well as we did it.
0: Yes, no, not as well as we did it. And it's funny, it's like NBA fans... He was like, you know, we all really care about the Suns, right? The Suns, they improved, right? Like they acquired Chris Paul. They landed Jay Crowder. It seems like they're like on the up and up in Phoenix. It's super exciting. Let's get Devin Booker on the big stage. Like this is all good, right? And we had all this exciting press about the Phoenix Suns and their good vibes about the Phoenix Suns. And I, I legit cannot wait to tune in and watch those games on League Pass. I will Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely be watching Phoenix Suns games. And yet, as he pointed out, um, 10% of the Phoenix Suns staff was laid off or furloughed during uh, the pandemic by Robert Sarver. Everyone else who wasn't laid off took a 20% pay cut across all departments. Mm -hmm. During Mm -hmm. the height of the pandemic, Employees were asked to come into the workplace physically entering the arena where they work, which was under construction, by the way. There was sawdust everywhere. The Wi-Fi (laughs) was down because they were doing arena renovations. And yet, like, we are praising the Phoenix Suns for what? Like, they literally just spent $45 million on a new practice facility while simultaneously laying off 10% of their staff, giving mandatory 20% pay cuts across like the the, the staff of the team and they traded for Chris Paul who's going to be making 41 million dollars this year and 44 million dollars next year. And you know like it's just it's just like a very ambivalent thing. Obviously Robert Sarver like sucks and yeah. I, I think but this, mo- like,
1: guess what most, most NBA owners uh, they all suck, suck exactly as much as Sim. Yeah.
0: they all suck that's the thing yeah. so it's like literally I mean James Dolan who owns the team I uh, root for and love like is terrible like a goon he is like a
1: like a ab- straight up evil human being like
0: a, like sh- absolute like, have- goon has not paid property taxes on Madison Square Garden since the 80s has literally yeah. like
1: it, Good friend he, of Jeffrey Epstein's. <laughs>
0: yeah, like is literally it, it, if he paid property taxes on Madison Square Garden, like he he would owe the the city and the state probably billions of dollars. Yeah. Um, no, so
1: straight up fucking
0: guru. Yeah, crook, piece of shit crook, yeah. crook, crook, crook. So I think this is all our way of saying like it's important to separate the talent and the management in the league. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, in the way that we were talking about the people that make the TV product for the NBA, these guys are brilliant, they are so talented. The way that we talk about the players, they are brilliant talents, you know, and we love what they create. And unfortunately, the people that run the business side of the NBA, they are not great. As as with most uh, giant corporations, it turns out, like, management is not uh, great, and they do not have the best interest of the fans or the people that, like, actually make the business
1: work. I think one thing is that beyond just, like, the NBA being an opiate, um, yeah, one of, the, one of the points that we were, like, talking about is, like, beyond them being the opiate to sort of help solve some of the societal ills, um, they are, in fact... Like the creator of many of those ills, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, with with so many of the, you know, people running, running these teams and the people running the league and, you know, like talking about Larry O'Brien, like, sure, he wasn't, he was like, oh, he was the Democrat and he was the one whose office was broken into in Watergate. So he's the good guy, right? Um, but like, no, not really. Like they're all bad guys. They're all (laughs) like the, (laughs) like, sure. He's not as evil a person as like Richard Nixon was
0: maybe. Oh, Ben, that story gets much more interesting. I just stopped telling it to you because, uh, I think you went to bed or, or I, I, I didn't follow up on that story, but the full story with Nixon and O'Brien is so, Larry O'Brien obviously was like, you broke into my office at the Watergate complex. I'm going to file a civil lawsuit against you. And Richard Nixon very astutely was like, he told his counsel, he's like, get the IRS to investigate Larry O'Brien. I am positive he is like a crooked politician and (laughs) has people, like all of his campaign contributions are like illegal. And they 100% were. And like, (laughs) lo and behold he dropped the lawsuit and but like, it's actually remarkable to me that Watergate wound up forcing Nixon out of office because like what I'm learning is that there were actually many Democrats in cahoots with Richard Nixon who understood that they were doing things just as bad as Richard Nixon was. And Richard Mm -hmm. Nixon knew about it. Richard Nixon, like kind of Donald Trump has done the last four years Richard Nixon really weaponized the FBI and CIA as like a branch of the executive office to investigate his enemies.
1: Yeah, political tools. Yeah, yeah
0: they were just exactly, ex- essentially political tools. So he, he authorized all of his people. He said, this guy Larry O'Brien is trying to uh, sue me and to like basically get dirt out on me. We need to like cut it off at the throat. So just let him know that we know about all of the illegal money that he took on his, you know, on his side of things for campaign contributions. And immediately, the lawsuit was dropped. And it's remarkable how many Democrats lined up with uh, Nixon and the Republicans as soon as they saw the light of day was like encroaching. Um, anyways, that's that's just kind of an interesting sidebar. But yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Um right. Like basically like these are it's like, like they all, all have skeletons. People.
0: They all have skeletons in their closet. There's like no secret yeah. about that. And then once they are all sorta of honest about that, their political differences just sort of like go by the wayside and they're like, Look, we're all kind of crooked people, so like mm-hmm. you just you do your crooked stuff and you just play up like the re- you're on the red team and we're on the blue team and you're on the R's and we're on the D's. But like, yeah, we but all, guess what? It's we like all know Hol- that we're, we're all just like dirty people.
1: Yeah. It's Hulk Hogan and Sergeant Slaughter. One yeah. is the good guy and one is the bad guy, but yeah. guess what folks, it turns out they're actually working for the same company Yeah, and it's all a performance, um, to get, you know, people to get, to, to get reactions from the crowd. Mm. Um, yeah it's um yeah i mean and that kind of makes me think of uh now i'm just like going off on on like stream of consciousness but like you know again bringing it back to like oh the nba you know is a real and genuine force for good um you know just look at the way you know the 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 players have become so much more political you know certainly since they were like since the 90s um when we were growing up watching the sport like they have become so much more engaged and like active and an activist and like, um, that's so cool. And that's so great. And like, look at all the change they're creating. And the fact is that it is like legitimately incredible and, and awe inspiring that, uh, because of some of the protests that happened during the bubble, uh, NBA arenas were converted into polling locations, into into voting locations, uh, for the 2020 election. Um, and like that inspires a great deal of like pride, um, in, in this product that I consume, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but remember when they went on strike um, for a day and it was like one of the most incredible, historic and like what the fuck is going to happen next moments like of our lives as basketball fans. And then a day later, uh, LeBron James had a phone call with Barack Obama and he was like, Nah, you guys should get back to playing that. The, the, do the dribbles in the basket and the, and, the, and the assists and the dunks because it's, you know, I got to I want to watch something on my TV. Um and they went back to playing the very next day, and, like, you could, I, I, I mean, the cynic in me is like, yeah, and then nothing really happened, and then the sort of naive optimist in me is like, no, 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 things did happen, remember, like, they got together with the owners, and they made all these demands, and they converted NBA arenas into polling centers, like, that's incredible, like, that is real change, and then the cynic in me is like, yeah, and then those polling centers were used to elect Joe Biden, um, and I'm sorry, but, like, Joe Biden is, like, not gonna fucking solve any of the problems that we've been talking about. Uh yeah, I think uh,
0: I, I think like one of the main issues and and like problems in, in that conversation is that like Joe Biden, LeBron James, and Dwight Howard should not are like none of those people are capable of ending like racism, like, it, like, for instance, like the, <laughs> is, the issue of racism, if, if that, if that's right. the, the issue of the day, like one person is not going to be able to change a literal generational cultural, like a systemic problem. And well enough. yeah. And I think like, I, I, I think that something about the bubble that was interesting to me was like, it's pro. It's kind of like offensive and upsetting, maybe that the plight of for instance, like so the issue of racism, how that like was falling on the shoulders of people who are like, who were like, I am not equipped for this. Like this is not like why is this my, <laughs> why is this my cross to bear? You know, um, and I understand. Like part of me is like, you know, not everyone is Muhammad Ali. Like not everyone is. Not everyone is like built for that life and may, you know, like not everyone is like ready to take on that responsibility. And that sucks that we, as I feel like a culture and society, have sort of lo- like that we are now expecting athletes, whether they want it or not, to like carry that banner. I don't know if that. Yeah, that should.
1: Yeah, no, that, that, that should not be their job. Um, yeah, shouldn't have been. And by the way,
0: I'm not saying I'm not saying that athletes who decide to take that up aren't awesome because, like, they absolutely oh, fucking are. Like, yeah. I wh- I think my bigger point is that, but like, that
1: shouldn't be their responsibility.
0: It shouldn't yeah. be their responsibility. Like, you yeah. know, like it's interesting to me that you know because we fell into. I I feel I felt myself at times falling into the trap of like, you know. Um, uh, Dwight Howard needs to like not go to the bubble and really take right, a civil right. rights stand. It's like, well, yeah. why is this Dwight Howard's job? You know, like Dwight, right. Dwight Howard has spent his entire life getting incredible at basketball and not maybe like, you know, if he wanted to be like a civil rights lawyer, he would have gone to like law school or something like right. his passion in life was playing basketball just like my yeah, as, passion in life was like being an actor or, or like you, you know what i mean it's like
1: yeah i i, I no as, as as angry as it made me when the players returned to work after that one day strike i like quickly had to remind myself like oh no no like you cannot direct your anger at them like yeah. they are not like, like they, they went back to work the, like the ones...
0: like we all went back to work you know what i mean like yeah. Like, they just were trying to make money and feed their family. I, I mean, I understand it's, like, a very different thing on a very different scale. But, like, it's a similar kind of thing where it's, like, it. it's frustrating that, you know, athletes and, and celebrities and entertainers are, like, bear this, like, weird responsibility for, like, changing society when it really sort of allows regular people to escape any sort of responsibility in that change happening.
1: Yeah, well you mean people in that with actual political power. Yeah, yeah. like uh, us or, who
0: could be actually like going and going to political rallies, getting involved in grassroots movements as opposed to like watching a jazz thunder game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like
1: and then bitching about it on our podcast. Yeah. Um but I would also say like I don't think it should be our responsibility either.
0: No, like, We don't have the yeah. fucking
1: power. <laughs> no. Like, I mean, sure, like, every citizen should be engaged and, like, we all should do more than we probably do. I know I certainly should do a little bit more than I do. But, like, we also, like, shouldn't feel guilty for, like, n- not, like, sacrificing more. Because we're just fucking normal citizens and totally. it should be, like... We are uh, entitled sort- to
0: watch a movie or watch a basketball game and, and yeah, ju- or just healthcare.
1: Uh, yeah, or... and just
0: as like Blake Griffin is entitled to like play basketball because he loves it. You know, it's like we yeah. are all entitled to like live a good, joyful life. Like yeah. that is yeah. that is something we are entitled to like on this earth. I think. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> so I forget exactly how where did we wind we're, up here. Uh, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. No, the point like this podcast, this episode was really just to sort of clear the air, set the stage a little bit, kind of just um you know offer a a PSA to our audience that if you're going through a similar kind of moral struggle with regards to the NBA with regards to you know participating in this thing um that really isn't solving any of the issues that need to be solved um but is you know fun to watch um yeah. and yeah again like it's there. We, we hear you and it, we agree with it, you.
0: I think that's yes. what this podcast is. Like if you yes. feel frustrated we are admitting, with the yeah. place with, with 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 where with where the world is at, we are too. And we know that yeah. like the NBA is not advancing any sort of real change or cause and we agree and we also love the league. <laughs> Yeah, and,
1: and I also can't wait to see um, how yeah. crazy how crazy the waiver wire is going to be this year with all the uh, COVID uh, and 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 uh, shortened schedule related injuries. It's going to be it's going to be madness. I can't wait.
0: Yeah, dude. Before we wrap up, I had a question for you. So we saw with the NFL, things are starting to really take a major hit, like on the field with players testing positive. Now, I mean, mm. obviously, there's this like. Do we know like
1: how many players have actually tested? I don't.
0: I don't. I, I I'm not really an NFL fan. I don't. I don't follow the league anymore. But right. like, I just know sort of like peripherally. Like, there's there's been a lot of like problems in the league, and we have mm-hmm. this up, we have this uptick in in uh, positive cases and hospitalizations, and you know we know this is going to happen with the NBA as well, right? Like. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they said the other day in the Broncos game, was it the the Broncos where all the quarterbacks tested positive and they were all quarantined, and so they had to play a game with a couple of running backs playing quarterback under center, just, like, (laughs) snapping the ball and, like, running it, you know, like no one would throw the ball. Wait,
1: there was, like, literally a game with, like, no passes thrown?
0: I think they had one guy who played like high school ball and like played quarterback. He's like ne- he, like he went to college as a wide receiver and he was like on mm-hmm. the pra- he was on the practice squad and so I think they just like grabbed him from like the wide receiver group and they they put him in like a quarterback package where they they I think they had like three or four uh people rotating in at quarterback and I think that guy through like he was like one for seven for like 12 yards or something you know <laughs> i mean it's awesome yeah i mean and uh, my question is like do you think this is going to happen with the nba as well you know like do you think it's possible the nba is going to have really funky, do I- like lineups and and just like weird things happening with like players on the court
1: do I think that Jeff Teague is going to lead the Boston Celtics back to the playoffs as their superstar starting center? Yes, I do, yes. <laughs> uh, and I and I cannot wait. Yeah, um, I feel like this is the opportunity that, that Jeff Teague has been waiting for his entire career. Yeah, um, it's just going to take a couple dominoes to fall, and uh, it's it's all gonna yeah, it's all gonna fall into place uh, if you hear what I'm saying.
0: Do you think it's possible that a the NBA season is canceled before it ever begins, or mm, B, no. or B. Do you think it's possible that it's canceled at some point in the winter or spring?
1: I really don't. Yeah. I feel like they know, you know, all the risks. They know all the numbers. They see what's probably going to happen, and they're like, "We're cool. We can we can get through this, and it's all worth it." And yeah, uh, I mean, I think they're, yeah. Uh, It'll be interesting to see, like, I can't wait to see when a vaccine drops and it turns out that, like, NBA player, it's like, you know, like, elderly people in, like, hospice care and then, like, NBA players are, like, next in line to get vaccines. Um, That would be, uh, that'll be fun to watch. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. It'll, uh, you know, uh, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to to watch. (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, that's uh, fun. It'll be fun.
0: (laughs) All right, dude. (laughs) Well, it's good talking to you as always. Um, And uh, yeah, NBA training camp is open. Preseason is right around the corner. The Knicks, I think the Knicks first game is against the Pistons on December 11th. I can't now, wait. Do we
1: know do we know the status of the Chase Center um, uh, in San Francisco because I believe there was an outbreak. No, was that maybe not in the Chase Center but the, the Warriors practice facility yeah. had an outbreak, but um, it's all okay because they said they only needed to delay practice for one day. One
0: day. Oh god. That's a relief. Yeah. yeah no, I don't have any updates for you from the Chase Center. I will keep my ear uh, I will keep my ears open and let you know if I hear of any uh you know the latest on any of these positive cases in the NBA. Very curious to see how the uh, the league handles it.
1: Yeah, maybe we should close out with a recent quote from uh, Luca Doncic. This is courtesy of Tim McMahon on Twitter. Uh, Luca, I guess this was uh, during some uh, maybe a practice session or something like that. Uh, was asked uh, key to contending this season, and Luca's answer was quote, "Which team is not going to have COVID nineteen positive people?" <laughs>
0: oh God. <laughs> uh, oh, which is dude.
1: uh yeah that's that's very very accurate and uh, and astute of you Luca All right man smart guy
0: this is a lot of fun i will talk to you next week and uh
1: stay happy healthy and safe we'll talk to you about you too my friend a pleasure as always you can listen to switch switch